All righty, and we are live, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a brand new Eagle Eye Podcast, episode 4.5. The only reason we're categorizing that is because it is an emergency pod. That is right. Uh, me and Dylan made time. We squeezed a couple of minutes in out of the busy schedule that is a Friday for us. And uh, we're going to hear and we're going to talk about exactly everything that is going on with the Mexican national team. Of course, the big news, of course, coming Juan Carlos Osorio's roster announcement yesterday. And uh, we'll have our reactions, our thoughts and everything. But before I get started, why don't I introduce the main man himself, Dylan Jimenez. Hello, Dylan. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me today. I'm really excited to do this. All right. No, thank you. I know we had to work out a little bit of our uh, of our uh, time scheduling, all that stuff. But uh, I'm happy that we're on here. I'm happy that we get to uh, uh, talk once more in so early in the week too. We usually don't get, don't don't get to start talking about podcasting until roughly around Sunday, uh, early Monday. But uh, we're here. And uh, we're, we're going to be talking to every single one of these viewers live. And uh, hopefully we can get a little bit of reaction going. So big news, of course, Juan Carlos Osorio announces the roster uh, for the Mexican national team that's going to play in uh, Texas uh, next week on the 31st. And I know you're doing a little fist bump. Shout out to Texas. Shout out to every single one of you guys that listen to us on uh, that are from that regional zone. And... Uh, of course, that wasn't the only big news in regards to the Mexican national team. Of course, we had a couple declarations from Juan Carlos Osorio in regards to a couple players that are not seeing minutes. So we got plenty and plenty to talk about. And uh, I guess we'll just start off by uh, throwing it at you, Dylan. So uh, at the end of the day, the roster comes out. What, do you, what are your thoughts? Um, I thought you know, this is a pretty good overall roster for just being uh, a Liga Mekis based team um, with a couple of MLS players too in there as well. Although I am surprised a little bit by the goalkeepers, you know, seeing Jonathan Orozco in there and in with there with the goalkeepers when I really, really wanted to see Hugo Gonzalez. Yeah, Hugo Gonzalez in the well with, with, in the squad, but unfortunately, you know, that didn't happen for me. Yeah, well, let's not forget uh, Hugo, Gonzalez, Hugo Gonzalez is still uh, injured. Remember, he picked up an injury, I think it was against Cholos in that nil-nil uh, result. Uh, so he still wasn't, you know, Juan Carlos Soto didn't really want to bring him in, seeing that he was, uh, you know, still recuperating from that. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people were thrown off by the fact that uh, Jonathan Orozco was called up. Yet, um, I don't know, you think, I don't really think it's a big shock because, of course, we know what Santos doing so well. I think Juan Carlos, uh, yeah, Juan Carlos Osorio has seen that uh, Jonathan Orozco has been doing pretty decent, and you know he's always been one of those goalkeepers that you know, regardless of what uh, what what's going on, he he's usually pretty solid in the back. Yeah, that's true. You know, I did kind of forget that um, Hugo Gonzalez did pick up that injury. I completely forgot about that. So yeah, no surprise really now to me that Jonathan Orozco did get the call. You know, it's just be a little bit of surprise who actually gets to start in the net Wednesday, whenever that time comes. But, uh, no, I, I think it's a good overall call. You know, Jonathan Orozco has been that player that's been uh, called up here and there sometimes with 4-0-3. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a good call in my opinion. Fun fact about uh, uh, Jonathan Orozco. Uh, when Ajaccio signed uh, Guillermo Ochoa in France, and it was time for him to depart. They asked him if he would recommend any Mexican goalkeeper to potentially fill his shoes. And uh, the person that uh, Ochoa gave recommendation 
was uh, Jonathan Orozco. So just uh, kind of a fun fact to throw out there. But uh, let me just uh, let me just before we start talking about players that we think shouldn't be here that should be here. I think let's just in all fairness let's talk about the roster. And uh, I'm gonna read out to to you guys exactly what the roster is and uh, the 23 men that were called up for this uh, for this friendly. So uh, we have uh, Rodolfo Cota. We have uh, Gibran. Oh, yeah, Gibran, La uh, Jonathan Orozco, Osvaldo Alaniz, uh, Nestor Arajo, Hugo Ayala, Cesar Montes, Luis Rodriguez, Edson Alvarez, Jonathan Dos Santos, Jesus Gallardo, Jonathan Gonzalez, Victor Guzman, George Hernandez, Orbelín Pineda, Javier Aquino, Jurgen Dam. Giovanni Santos, Elias Hernandez, Henry Martin, Rodolfo Pizarro, Alan Pulido, and Charlie Candle himself, Carlos Vela. So, those are the names that, uh, those are the people that have been called up to defend the Mexican national team. What are your thoughts on, let's just talk, let's just talk the really hot topic. These three MLS boys coming down and uh, potentially maybe taking a couple spots away from some Mexicans playing here in Liga Mekis. Um, yeah, you know, no big shock, you know, to me, like we said in the last podcast, too, we kind of touched base on a little bit, you know, um, as we see, like I said, in the last podcast, too, uh, in the in the past, you know, whenever we played uh, Belgium, Poland, and also in the last few qualified, you know, these three MLS players, uh, Vela and both the Dos Santos brothers, you know, um, it's kind of a rough draft for what we're going to see already for the World Cup squad, and, you know, and obviously, you know, they're not playing, you know, obviously, they're just getting training here and there whenever they train um, in the States. And so it's kind of important for them to get this game time. You know, it's going to be interesting to see if uh, JCO is going to start them or where they're going to have them come off the bench or not. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it was always to come. Um, I think the biggest shock for some people were the fact that Giovanni Santos gets called up because of his lack of form. I mean, you can make an argument that his brother, whenever he puts on the Mexican national team, at least has seemed uh, to look pretty good. Um, Carlos Vela, of course, he arguably is still one of our most talented players, and I think it would be unwise. I mean, if you have the opportunity to bring the guy, might as well might as well bring him. Uh, just get him, you know, continually, you know, working to the rhythm that you want him to be. Um, I know he is just, you know, barely getting trainings done with LAFC, um, but it's not really going to be up to the up to the par with some of these Liga MX players that, of course, are training in uh, training in and playing uh, day in and day out. So. I think for the most part, the MLS boys were always a contingency and they were always going to be on this roster. Um, even Giovanni Dos Santos with his lack of, you know, showing us who he truly could be. Um, I think in the end of the day, uh, I mean, who could you really argue to take some of these some of these spots? I know we're going to get into a really controversial topic in the fact that may, there are a couple names that are being thrown out there that maybe deserve the looking, but possibly because of these three names did uh did not get said uh said look at um i just i mean anything else you want to add on on about these mls boys coming coming down for this game no i mean yeah just uh it's good for them to actually get some some playing time you know obviously vela's been about a month almost for them and then for the dos santos brothers you know it's been about what two to three months possibly so you know it's good to see um, how they're if their training is paid off, whether you know, like I said, if they start or come off the bench, it should be a very, very interesting run of affair to see exactly how these boys can cope 
and uh, to see if the Liga MX boys can kind of just show them up. I know it's going to be interesting to see some of these new players. Uh, let's you know before we talk into about the negatives about these some of these players that aren't here. Let's talk a little bit about the people that barely got their first call up and are looking to make an impact and maybe maybe squeeze in into this World Cup roster. So starting in goal, we have uh, Lahut Cholos goalkeeper. Uh, what do you think about his call up? Do you think uh, very well deserved, or would you have liked to see someone else? I don't know. His call-up is very well-deserved, you know. Um, you know, possibly not a couple of great performances last in the last tournament with Cholos, but so far in, in the Clausura with Cholos, you know, he's doing pretty good. You know, I've seen the kid play a couple times, you know, and he puts on a good show. He makes some good, fantastic saves. You know, he's the kind of guy that could possibly take over, um, be the face in the net for the Mexican national team in the near future. He's definitely up there. Um in regards to maybe the next goalkeeper for the Mexican national team, I think it's him. Uh, I think it's probably Hugo Gonzalez. Um, you know, it's, it, there's still time for 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 one of them to really claim that. But I think you're right. It, it merits that he's here. He's had a good couple of performances. Um, you know, but if the kid's shown character. I mean, you know, you you go a couple you go a couple of months, maybe a year back, and uh, he wasn't always the most confident goalkeeper. You know, he wasn't he was definitely not the most solid at times too, with a couple of mistakes. But I think the kid's gotten it together. He's definitely you know matured in the sense, and you know his game's gotten better for that. So I think it's good to see him in uh, getting this call up. Whether or not he's going to start the game, I think that's going to be a little bit up in the air for for Osorio to to deem. Um, now let's talk. Uh, let's talk the big one, of course. Uh, Jonathan Gonzalez, Monterrey center mid, finally gets his call up, and uh, kind of puts to bed everything in regards to USA or Mexico. And really, uh, I guess everyone's really excited to see whether or not he can make an impact in the Mexican national team, like he has at Monterrey. What are your thoughts on the on the Mon- Monterrey midfielder? It's gonna, oh, to me, it's just going to be a little interesting how JCO plays him because I know with Monterey he plays in the CDM role, but JCO kind of sees him playing more of a going forward as a midfield, not necessarily playing the CDM role. So it's kind of interesting to see how Osorio will play him. You know, I don't really think he'll necessarily start the game, but I think he'll definitely see some minutes um, whenever they play Boston on Wednesday. But, you know, he's a great player. You know, he's an absolute steal. You know, um, Mexico is really lucky to have kept him after we lost Jesse Gonzalez to the United States. So, um, you know, he's, he's great overall. You know, this is a kid that that is still young. You know, he's playing great first-team football at the moment. You know, he he I don't think he should leave Monterey if if offers were to come. You know, I think he's fine where he's at for the moment. You know, well, Monterey is still giving him a chance to play and get first-team um, minutes um, in the Mexican League. The other team I think you should go to is America, and we shall make a bid for him soon, hopefully. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, he's going to stand on the right. He's going to do his thing in the Mexican, Mexican national team. I think it's fair to say that we are definitely going to see this kid start or at least come off the bench halftime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely, because, you know, this is the this was the big topic in these past couple of weeks. You know, everybody um, has been talking Jonathan Gonzalez. He's been the hottest topic um, in the CONCACAF region. It seems like, you know, with uh, United States fans uh, bashing him for for switching sides, you know, and 
Mexican fans, you know, welcome him and everything like that. So, you know, like you said, you know, he's finally laying this all to rest. And it's, uh, it's good to see this guy put on the green jersey and show out. So, obviously, he's young. He's had He has all this expectation coming from a great season in Monterrey. Uh, um, obviously, being wanted by the U.S. men's national team. So, there's a lot of talk and there's a lot of hype building up to Jonathan Gonzalez. Um, we've seen a lot of people crack under the pressure when it comes to these things. Um, what do you think? How do you think this kid's going to approach this game? Because it is... Uh, this is going to play in his mind a lot. I mean, this is a very mental aspect of the game and knowing that he has kind of a sense, a chip on his shoulder that he has to perform, that he has to showcase why, uh, why he is who he is and why he merits to be a, with the national team. You think the kid's going to crack under pressure or you think this kid's going to handle it and he's going to, and we're going to see, you know, Jonathan Gonzalez kind of coast through his, uh, his first match. To me, it just kind of depends. I can't really say right now because there's no telling if he'll actually start. And if he comes off the bench, how many minutes will he get actually? You know, there's no tell there's no guarantee that he's gonna get a full thirty minutes, you know. There's no telling whenever um the change can happen. And so depending on when he comes in, so like say say um he gets subbed on after halftime, you know, I feel like he's gonna obviously be nervous, you know, such a such a big stage. You know, not, not necessarily that's a FIFA date, you know, it's a, you know, it's still a pretty big game for him, you know, because finally, you know, we're going to see this young talent play and everything. And so um, it's going to be, it's going to be a different feeling. It's going to be different from actually just playing on Monterey. You know, you're, you're playing with your brothers, you know, the other people that like you with other Mexicanos too as well. And so it's just great. You know, um, the, we'll just see how fast he shakes it off. If not, he might just be coasting through his first game. I agree. We'll see exactly what happens. I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. It, it, it bases all on everything, exactly how much minutes he'll have and whether or not he'll start. Um, where, where's my, where was I going with this? Um, oh, yes. So r- regardless of the fact, it's going to be a home game. It's going to be a packed crowd. We know, you know, wherever the, wherever the Mexican national team goes, it's going to be a sellout. So he's going to have the weight of all these fans on his shoulder just knowing that there's going to be tons at home watching, but yet there's also going to be a bunch more uh, down over there at the stadium. So just kind of to put everything to, to, to bed, you think, you think this guy, this kid has it, or you think he might crack under the pressure? I think he has it, you know, he's, he's shown us before and, you know, he's not afraid to show us again. You know, he's just, he's just ready to play. I think this kid's hungry. I think this kid wants to show what he's got. And, you know, um, he's going to show us what he's got. And, you know, there's only so much more to for us him to give with, with his potential and everything. So uh, he's going to show us what he's got. Well, let's hope uh, for the sake of the nation, you are correct. Um, I think the kid's got it too. It's just a matter of him, you know, maybe – uh, feeding off his confidence and maybe feeding off the crowd as well. But, I mean, the kid plays for Monterrey and, uh, you know, he he knows what the pressure is and he knows how 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 to deal with it. He's played in two finals already, so I'm pretty sure coming up to this, he'll he'll have a little bit of experience and a couple of players to kind of mold himself around. Uh, let's go back to the players that were called up for the Mexican national team. Uh, Victor Guzman is another player that is on this ri- on this list, and uh, many people would say quietly deserve to be on this list. A lot of people have been calling for him 
since the start of the Apertura last year. So Victor Guzman finally gets his call up. What do you think? Uh, what do you think? We you think we might see a pretty good partnership with him and and uh, Jonah, Jonathan Gonzalez. Yeah, I think so. It's going to be good. You know, Victor Guzman has been almost like the heart of the midfield for Pachuca um, this season, and especially uh, in the Apertura too as well. And you know, it's great to see him rise up too to the challenge. You know, and um, this could be interesting to see him play when it comes time in uh, in San Antonio against Bosnia. I think, uh, yeah, I think he, he'll probably play more of an attacking midfielder role, which mm-hmm. is where he's shined his best. And uh, we obviously saw what happens when 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 he's on his days. Uh, we saw exactly what he did to to America uh, two weeks ago. So. I think he's another player that actually merits to be there. That is good that we finally get to see a Victor Guzman in the Mexican national team. I think now the most important part is actually getting these players to kind of mold together and see exactly whether or not they're, uh, you know, potential candidates coming up to the World Cup. Um, Pretty much those were the three big names in regards to exactly who was going to make their first uh her their first cap for the Mexican national team um is there i guess i'll just transition into the other topic is there a player that you think deserves to be on this squad yet uh was kind of snubbed and wasn't called up mm, i guess you could say just Oribe, you know it was kind of a su- surprise not to see him in this roster to me yeah which is what I was thinking the same thing as you, but I think they pointed uh, a per- I can't remember who exactly pointed it out on Twitter saying I think Osorio doesn't really need to see Oribe. He knows what Oribe is about. He knows he's a player that he can count on. Just kind of in the same sense that you said, well, why didn't Chuy Corona get called up? I think those players have been through with the Mexican national team under Juan Carlos Osorio for the longest time. The process has, you know, backtracked to the beginning. And I think he knows these players. He's comfortable with these players. So he already knows what he can get out of them and what, you know, exactly what they bring to the table. I think this is an experimental squad in the sense that you don't really see, uh, you don't really see a lot of experience when you look at this roster. Um, I mean, can you sit there and maybe name me maybe, you know, three, four people that you can say that, oh, they're going to wrap or they're going to wrap their arms around, uh, you know, these new kids and they're going to teach them the ways. And, and, you know, is there really someone in that squad that you, you know, are confident to say that, you know, they have, you know, they're like uh, the veteran or the leader? Um, probably, possibly maybe just, uh, Jonathan Orozco a little bit but not so much as possibly Oribe could have been, you know, even though, like you said, you know, Juan Carlos Osorio has already seen him, but Oribe could have been the guy that um, was able to help these, help the, help these youngsters out too as well, you know, because everybody always praises um, Oribe on his leadership a little bit. And so it's just, it's just not, I just can't see it to understand really that much of a reason why uh, Oribe wouldn't have gotten the call too as well. Yeah, I mean it, it. It it's a mind boggle, but I think at the end it's uh it's more of a preference of Osorio. This is a like I said, a very experimental squad. You go down the list, they yeah, there are a couple of names that pop up that have, you know, been through the Osorio you know process for a while. But there's really no one that you can literally sit there and say he's gonna be the captain of the squad. Yeah, I can 
I, I think so. You know, I'm. I mean, maybe, you're looking maybe, at this. You're thinking maybe, maybe Nestor Araujo, Uwayala. Yeah, yeah, maybe them, maybe them too as well. I mean, if you want to talk about experience, I mean, the person with the most experience, and you think the person that would be, you know, candidate to lead this squad is Giovanni dos Santos. But mm-hmm. even with me saying that to you, I'm pretty sure it doesn't fill you with much confidence as him being the captain. No, not really. You know, especially with his lack, with his poor form um, this past season in the MLS. So it's just it kind of got me on the edge if if Osorio decided to throw the arm, armband on him. Yeah, I mean it's it's a good squad. Don't get me wrong; it's a very exciting squad too. With the, the regards that there are so many youngsters in here that look like they have potential to just be, you know, be great players for the Mexican national team. Um, I think. I'm going to take it back a little bit because I think we skipped someone over that we highly rate, and I have no idea why I skipped him over. Um, but Henry Martin is getting called up to this Mexican national team, and it looks like his uh, his visa issue has been resolved, so he will be able to go with the squad and train and play. Um, what do you think about Henry Martin finally getting his call back to the Mexican national team? It's good for him. You know, it's going to be great, you know, be able to – showcase uh, JCO what he's actually got, you know, with how he's been performing with the Mega lately. And so it's just interesting to see him get get called up, get this call, and possibly showcase what he's got. And, you know, maybe there's a slim chance, you know, JCO might consider him for the World Cup, but I don't really see it. Yeah, uh, but, I mean, you never know. I mean, he can go and, you know, score a hat-trick against Bosnia and, you know, be in perfect content to, to fight for a spot. Let's be honest. I think right now that's one of the spots that's kind of in the air. Uh, you know, with the Europeans not getting much game time, and really, I think it could be up to some of the Liga MX, uh, Liga MX strikers to kind of come in and fill that gap. Obviously, you'd want your best player to be on that pitch, but if your best player is not in form and not in rhythm, then you look next. You know, you look to the next person. And then, you know, that possibly could be Oribe, that possibly could be Henry Martin, and possibly could be Alan Pulido. You know, it, it, it can vary. But I think um, I think it should be interesting to see how Henry Martin takes this. Of course, last time he got called up to the Mexican national team, wasn't even able to play because he uh, got an injury in practice. So that could possibly play in, be playing in the back of his head, you know, to kind of maybe caution himself not to, not to exceed himself too much. But I think I think it's safe to say that me and you both have a pretty strong feeling that you know he if he does get minutes on the pitch I think we'll, we're going to see a, a Henry Martin just as hungry to to have success like he has in America. Yeah, no doubt. You know, um, he's been doing great so far. You know, two goals in three games. I don't see why he can't go out and score a goal against Bosnia. Should be interesting to see exactly how that it comes about. So. Um, we talked about the fact that there is a lack of maybe strong leadership in the Mexican national team. Uh, it's something that was kind of brought up in the last podcast too, when we were talking about what Cuauhtémoc Blanco was saying in La Última Palabra. Uh, there really is no set leader. Uh, you know, if you think if you think Mexican national team and you think captain, first player in your mind comes is Rafa Márquez. Uh, someone who maybe at the time isn't fit and isn't, you know, maybe in the best situation to be leading the the Mexican national team. 
Then after that, you think it's either, you know, Andres Guardado, but even Andres Guardado, you know, who granted is looking to be a more mature player, a more, you know, leader on the pitch. Aside from him, you don't really see anyone that could probably put that, that captain's armband and fill you with that same confidence as maybe, you know, an Andres Guardado or Rafa Marquez. Yeah, I mean, it's totally true. You know, the only person that you thought would succeed Rafa Marquez was Diego Reyes, but look at Diego Reyes now. He's not getting very much playing time over in Portugal. And so there's really no one. I mean, like you said, Andres, and uh, in my opinion, it might be Hector Moreno, but uh, who's after that? You know, these guys are already in pushing their 30s, already in their 30s. And, you know, it's only a matter of time before they start to hit the decline. And who's coming up that is going to give you that positive energy of being the captain and being able to have the leadership uh, skill in, on the pitch and playing too? Monterrey fans listening are probably thinking Jonathan Gonzalez. Um, who knows? He might be. Uh, the only reason I bring him up is because I do know uh, at a very young age, he was already uh, the captain of the uh, of his uh, U20 and U17s uh, uh, squad. So, I mean, he could potentially be a candidate, but he's so young, you you, you really wouldn't think that of him as of now. But um, you're right. I think the, re- the only reason I bring this up is because I think in order to have a good squad, in order to perform well, I think you need a leader on the pitch. I think you need someone who will, you know, kind of just grab everyone by the head and say, look, you need to focus, you need to man up, and you need to go out there and you need to do what you need to do because a coach can only do so much in the locker room. At the end of the day, you know, a captain is just as much as important as a good coach. A good captain resembles a good team on the pitch. And I think uh, if we lack that, then who is, you know, who are the players going to look at at tough moments, you know? Who's going to be their captain? You know, it's, it, I think it's a very important thing that a lot of us are kind of skipping over. Yeah, I think um, whoever captains decide Wednesday night is possibly going to play the full 90 minutes, you know, because who's going to take their spot depending on who Osorio picks, you know? So I, I kind of expect the captain to play the full 90 minutes no matter what. If you had to say who, you know, looking at this squad and maybe not really giving an insight on what the starting 11 is going to be, but if you if you had to pick one player and throw him out there with the cop- with the captain's armband, who would you put? Mm. I think it'd probably be possibly Hugo Olaya. Hugo Olaya? Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. With his experience, I mean, that, I mean yeah, yeah. But to me, you know, I w- I would kind of pick um, Jonathan Orozco too. But you know, there's no telling who's gonna really start in the net, and if uh, JCO is gonna uh, rotate keepers in the net too. Should be interesting to see. Um, I think, I think it's either gonna be Uva Yala or Carlos Vela who who are gonna support the captain's arm run. Yeah, I can also agree to Vela too as well in that band yeah even so i mean you know that doesn't really bring me much confidence either i mean granted vela is a great player i don't know how well of a leader he is on the pitch right so i mean i mean uh really it i know it should be really a big deal it's only a friendly it's against bosnia and it's the liga mekis people like i get it it's 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 not really a big thing to blow up at the moment but i'm just saying if you know if we're trying to dive into what could be the future of this national team squad and if we are looking at players to be kind of the base of the future which one of these 
you know, fills you with confidence to maybe push on and kind of be a born leader. And I just, you know, I, I just think no one really at the time really, you know, stands out for me. Um, who knows? I could be proven wrong, and I hope so, because at the end of the day, you want to see what's best for the squad, what's best for the national team. And I think everyone's preference would be that we, uh, you know, overall have every of our, you know, little little boxes checked off. So um, let's move on back to some of the players that were highly, highly asked for, but probably did not get called up. Um, let's go with someone maybe a little less called, a little bit less called for, but we, we as in me and you, would have liked to see. Um, and that's the like of Carlos Vargas. Uh, maybe someone we thought was in, in contingency of making this roster. After the after all doesn't make it, um, you, you think that's right? Maybe it was maybe we were just maybe hyping him because he's an America player doing good, or do you think uh, you think maybe he he had a pretty good shout there? Um, I think he had a pretty good shot. I mean, if you look at Jonathan Gonzalez and Carlos Vegas, you know they're just about the same age too. So I don't see why not. You know, it's an obviously being about a year older than both of them too as well, and so I don't I don't see why not. You know, give the kid a shot. You know. Uh, it's a friendly, you know, not even an official FIFA Day match. And so, I mean, just why not, you know? Yeah, it would have been nice to see him. But, I mean, I guess Juan Carlos Osorio had other options, other plans. And he's another player that uh, maybe we, we we didn't call for, but maybe should have. And that was Paul Aguilar, uh, who actually wasn't uh, in Juan Carlos Osorio's mind to get called up for this friendly. Unfortunately, he picks up that knock against uh, against Pachuca. And because of that, uh, Juan Carlos Soto decides not to call him. He uh, he says though that he's still in con- uh, he's still in contingency of uh, of possible call ups for for these next coming up friendlies, and who knows maybe our you know prayers will be answered that it will get to see a Paolo Aguilar in uh, come come you know later in the summer in Russia. Yeah, no doubt you know because this is it's just kind of still still strange that. Uh, JCO doesn't really use a true right back, you know, it's kind of interesting, you know, he still goes with the sometimes three center backs, four center back line too sometimes, and it's it's just something that I think needs to be corrected, something that's not really worked out that great at times whenever you're going with four, four, four center backs in the back, and let's hope Bargy Light can make his way back to national team. Let's hope so. I think that'd be pretty interesting to see Paolo Aguilar back in a, in a national team jersey. I know um, many people say that there's kind of a tension there between Juan Carlos Osorio and Paolo Aguilar, um, but hopefully they can be professionals about it, kind of put their differences on, to the side and say, you know, let's, you know, let's work things out and, you know, let's do what's best for the national team. And I think seeing Paolo Aguilar come back, if we can see a fit and a full recovered uh, Paolo Aguilar in that Mexican national team squad, then I think there's really no other player that maybe kind of, you know, can can kind of say that you know they deserve to they deserve that spot more than Paul. Yeah, it just definitely dude, because I I missed the guy I missed the guy in a in a green jersey and uh, he did over overall pretty, pretty well in the 2014 World Cup and it's it's just something that needs to be addressed to in the national team too as well. Well, so there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Um. Let's see. Let's talk about one more player, and I, this is a player that a lot, a lot of people were calling for, and I think maybe rightly so if you see how the kid's been playing for a while, and uh, that's a, and that is Guadalajara's own trophies. 
Yeah, dude, trophies. I was I was kind of expecting him to be in the mix, but not even a single call up. You know, it's kind of uh, a little upsetting to me that he wasn't called up. You know, I think this kid could have made a little bit of a difference down the line too, as well. And you know, Jay still giving him a chance. It is interesting, and what's even more interesting is we're talking about a Chivas player here on the UI podcast, but. Uh, he merits this. I think he merits what he's been, you know, he's been doing well. He's actually been performing, you know, he's working hard off the ball and, you know, getting himself into a very good athletic shape. He, you know, he's doing things well. And, you know, you see Matias Almeida talk about, you know, exactly what goes on behind the scenes that, you know, this kid's been preparing himself for this, for this upcoming season that, you know, he, his mindset's even different that, you know, and, and it's shown, I mean, you know, we, we don't really, you know, talk about, you know, Chivas players or, or Chivas games here. But I mean, if you look at his track record in the past couple of games, you see that the kids actually been performing well. You see that the kids actually been a very important part for this Guadalajara side. So I, rightly so, I think people have the right to have asked why not trophies. Um, and maybe someone that makes it that probably could have taken trophy spot was maybe Orbelin Pineda, someone that, who hasn't really shown to be the brightest of players. And I know a couple of Chivas fans themselves are kind of questioning uh, whether or not Rubelin Pineda is this great player that many of us wanted him to be. Yeah, you know, he's just been kind of gone quiet, you know, but you kind of see, you know, uh, Pizarro was kind of playing in that that holding role and, and then Apuntura and then, you know, why you had Pineda playing in kind of in a, a free-roaming role also. But now you're seeing Oberlin um, back in that holding role and Pizarro kind of, kind of roaming forward. So, you know, it's kind of interesting to see them being switched. And, you know, it's kind of like uh, Oberlin's kind of been quiet now that he's sitting back rather than going forward as he's been. You know, um, he, I, I think he kind of had a decent well, um, Gold Cup run. You know, obviously, you know, um, in the friendlies warming up to the Gold Cup, um, he was great. And then as they progressed on, he kind of got quieter and quieter and quieter. And so you know it's it's not good it's not good for him to get so quiet too as well because now he's kind of like running about in the contention at least getting a call up you know he got lucky he got called up this time. Yeah, yeah, I think so as well. I think many uh, I have fans would feel the same that uh, they think trophies maybe deserves a little bit more than Otto Berlin does, but um, I think that's really the biggest name that was being shouted on Twitter and the world is why was there no trophies on this call up. Um, but, I mean, you have to respect the manager's decision. I think we have to respect what he's doing. Uh, you know, many people won't like it. I mean, a lot of people don't like him. Uh, but let's face it, the guy's doing his job. And I think, you know, if we keep letting the guy work, maybe, we'll, you know, he's proven to give us results. It's just a matter of fact that he gets him right on the big stage. Uh, that's a whole different story. Uh, but let's hope that, you know, this process has has taught him well enough that, you know, we'll be able to uh, – We'll be able to have a strong World Cup squad once it comes to it. But I think this game against Bosnia is going to be a very important one because there are some players that are definitely kind of playing to be on that roster who maybe are on the fringe of, of, of getting cut off. Um, one of those players is Elias Hernandez. So definitely getting called back again. It'd be interesting to see exactly how well he can do because he hasn't really been able to shine in uh, in a Mexican national team jersey. Yeah, that's true. You know, like a, it's kind of kind of the same for him. Like it was for Overlean. You know, in the friendlies, you know, he was he was on fire. You know, and then like as the as it progressed on, the Gold Cup came, progressed on, and knockarounds too. Just seemed like he got a little little bit 
quieter each game. And so this is a guy that's been performing great for Leon. And so you want to see that transition over. But for some reason, sometimes some players can't put that form back on, um, onto the national team. This is interesting because I know a lot of people highly rate him. Um, rightly so. I mean, you see what he does in Leon, and you know you're 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 wild by the guy because he has an amazing talent. Um, obviously, this is a very important matchup for him. He will get minutes. I'm pretty sure, no doubt about it. And I think if he's smart enough, he's gonna have to try to catch uh, try to catch on fire and and you know show Juan Carlos Osorio that hey, you know I'm here and and I want to play. Another one of these players that are on the fringe, I think, in regards to everything that's been going on this year is Jurgen Dam. Obviously not having the brightest of starts to the year as he does get into a bit of an accident with fireworks and is uh, is rolled out for a couple of weeks. And then uh, you see him getting escorted by the police out in uh, outside of Apoyo Loco. So it's uh, it's it's interesting. Uh, what's no, going on with um, Jurgen Dam? Now, um, kind of, kind of, uh, uh, inform me on this a little bit because I, I kind of read a couple of things that I wasn't for sure about. I read somewhere that he was, uh, released from Thetis. I'm not pretty sure that's false, but like, I'm not for sure if that's right too at the same time. That Thetis have released him? Mm hmm. I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm not for sure. You know, I've just read, I just read a report like once, you know, that Thetis released him because he was arrested, but I'm not, I'm not for sure. I'm, I mean, I can't confirm that, you know, it's just I'm just something I'm uncertain about. No, no, I don't think Thetis has, has let the player go. They took out an official statement in regards to his situation, but I he hasn't been dropped from the squad. Uh I doubt I thought they would do so. I mean, you know, he's he's a good player. He's just, you know, maybe a player that's having a little bit of a difficult time uh in his personal life. Um, which, you know, kind of transitions into you know, questions as to why did Juan Carlos Osorio bring such a player who maybe has a little bit of negative stigma right now in the press? Oh, yeah, it's it's true. I mean, you know, he's not really going to fit in. I think it is, you know, there are players that are um, fighting for that spot and that have really won that spot. And so it's just, you're not really going to see him start that much or he's not going to get that much minutes. I think it's, you know, um, there was obviously possibly other better players that you could have called instead of Jorgen Dam. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think maybe he would have married sitting this one out. Uh, let's be honest, another one of those players who maybe hasn't you know been the brightest when he does put on a Mexican national team jersey, and I think maybe that's uh, that says something about the characteristic of you know Jurgen Dam. Yeah, you know, it's just it's just an interesting call up overall. You know, it's a bad start to the year. You know, uh, his firework incident, his arrest, and you know. Who knows? Maybe this is maybe this will be a good start for him to to after after a bad start. Well, uh, I mean, you'd only hope for the best. I mean, really, you know, regardless of what team uh, they play for, at the end, you want to see, uh, you know, what's best for the Mexican national team, as we've reiterated time and time again. So controversial, maybe Jurgen Dam being on this squad, controversial, really all around what he's been doing all year, but. Um, Besides that, is there maybe one player that you think maybe shouldn't be on this Mexican national team, excluding the MLS boys? Um, well, um George uh, Hernandez. Burrito? Yeah, Burrito, yeah. I don't think Burrito should have been called up. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I just, to me, he was a little bit, he was a little disappointing when he ever came to the Gold Cup. And, you know, I've seen a lot of people call for Gallito Vasquez to come back too. And I love Gallito Vasquez. Gallito Vasquez 
was with us for the 2014 World Cup, you know. And um, it's just something that I like to see back, you know. Um, just people saying that JCO ha- has a problem with the uh, short CDM players. You know, he wants tall people to play in the CDM, CDM role. Regaito's the, the player that can cover ground, you know. He, yeah, he's not the tallest, but this guy can get physical. This guy can cover ground. This guy can pass, you know. This is I, I just like Gaito Vasquez over, overall as a player. And I wish JCO would actually give him a shot. Interesting. Not not a person I thought you would have called up, but maybe he is one of those also players that you'd question about his role and what he's done in the Mexican national team. Kind of interesting to see all these kind of reports coming out that Juan Carlos Soria has issues with players and their height. Uh, quite a rare thing to hear, really. But I mean, every manager is different, and I guess this uh, this is something Juan Carlos Soria really likes, or maybe really thinks. You know that works, but it wouldn't. It wouldn't be so bad to see Elito Vasquez come back. I think he definitely merits uh, a call up. Uh, maybe we'll see one next time. But I think at the time being, uh, we're gonna have to roll out with these players. And what do you think? It's uh, you pretty confident in in getting a result? Yeah, I think so. I think this is a. I think this is a squad that can get the result and show have a good showcase to what Liga MX is and possibly some of these players also too pushing for at least a World Cup spot, possibly, too. There's a couple plays on here that I think could possibly make the World Cup, too, as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure there's there's a couple there. Um, obviously, it's, no, it's not a fetch of FIFA, which means that there is no European-based players. Yet, Juan Carlos Osorio was in talks to Omar Govea and his club to release him for this matchup. Uh, at the end of the day, the Belgian side said no. Uh, but it's kind of interesting to see that uh, Juan Carlos Osorio wanted to bring in Omar Govea for this national team call-up against Bosnia. What do you think that says about the player and Juan Carlos Osorio himself? It says to, from the J- JCO point of view that JCO loves this kid. You know, I have yet to see the kid play, you know, uh, besides the fact that whenever he made his debut against uh, Poland, I wasn't able to watch that game, so I wasn't able to see him in the green jersey. But, you know, JCO loves this kid. This kid's playing good, you know. I'm kind of keeping up with him here and there, you know, how he plays, you know, in Belgium and stuff like that. And I think, was it yesterday or two days ago, he actually scored a goal and his you know, helped decide to get a, a 2-0 win. So it tells you something that this kid's doing something, and it's pretty special at the moment. And I think I think him playing so well, too, also means uh, – and him also – receiving the call but you know like you said the belgium side did not want him to go it means something you know this kid's doing something right this kid's doing something good and it should be a scared to possibly jonathan los santos of how good this kid's getting and how long can jonathan los santos actually have that spot that he has at the moment in my opinion and who knows maybe he'll get the call up in in uh in, in march too whenever they play and I would love to see him play in March too, as well. It's interesting. Do uh, you think Gobert has a pretty good shout of making this World Cup roster? I think it's pretty slim. I don't think it's that that great of a chance of him making it, but I think he's got a shot if he keeps playing the way he's playing. And maybe if we see him get called up in March, I don't see why not. Okay, so then. Um... I guess I'll put put it down straight. Uh, if you can take either one of these three, who are you taking? Omar Govea, Victor Guzman, or Jonathan Gonzalez? 
Gosh, man, that's that's a really tough question, but I I, I kind of wouldn't I wouldn't take Jonathan Gonzalez um, with with such little exposure in first team football. You know, he's still young. You know, he's still got a while in his future, so it would definitely wouldn't be Jonathan Gonzalez. It's just hard to choose between Victor Guzman or Omar Govea. Gosh, this made me hit like a brick wall here of thinking. And I would throw in another name that probably would make it more difficult to uh, fit uh, a fit uh, Eric Gutierrez. No, I don't think Gut. I don't think Gut's the Gutierrez. Yeah, I don't think Gut's in deserving for a World Cup right now. Okay, fair. Yeah, yeah, but it that's just hard to choose between Victor Guzman and Omar Govea right now. Like, well, aren't you happy that you're not Juan Carlos Osorio yourself? Yeah, I'm. I'm really am glad too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, the guy has it hard. The guy has it the hardest, I think, uh, when it comes to picking not only a national team squad, but a first 11 without trying, without all these people trying to rip his head off. Um, but, but I think but, it's who, a solid. Who, what? Who's, to, who's to say, though, that, that what if uh, Victor Guzman got called up just because Omar Govea couldn't make it? I mean, ah. who, who, who wouldn't who would have known that? Like, like just, just think about it, you know, like. Like who who replaced Omar at this point? Like who really was it? Ooh, okay. So now it's a uh, it's conspiracy hour here at the Eagle Eye Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Who exactly is the one who got called in for Margovia's spot? That's interesting. I wouldn't have thought of it like that. Um, that's actually good. Uh, good thinking off of your part. Wow, that makes it really interesting to think if Omar Govea was a definite candidate for this twenty twenty three. Uh, call up who got kind of chopped uh who who actually made their way in because of that that's interesting yeah i mean it's just i don't know like there's no there's no telling exactly like when the call possibly made obviously but you know like if omar Guevara was on the radar to to make it then obviously he didn't come then who took it like that's what i want to know now too who took it wow that's interesting probably during them probably <laughs> maybe 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 Hernandez. <laughs> maybe Burrito, maybe. Or maybe we're wrong and Juan Carlos Soto is gonna be listening to this like, you know, you guys I was just gonna add an extra slot. Yeah, probably. That might be true too. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh well, that's interesting. Um nonetheless, we we have a final roster. Um I think we're both pretty excited about this matchup uh because you get to see a lot of new faces. Uh, you, we're definitely going to see a pretty different Mexican national team in regards to exactly what's going to, you know, what's going to happen on the pitch. And interesting question, though, who's going to play up top? Because I think it's fair to say that we only have pretty much two out and out strikers in Henry Martin and Alan Pulido. I'd definitely start Alan Pulido, you know, because um, whenever it came time for World Cup, whenever he was called up, you know, you see him on his debut make a hat trick against against Korea, and then what do you do after that? I mean, uh, look, look at look at the mess he kind of had himself in whenever um, was he with Titus before he moved went to Greece. Yeah, he I was mean, in Titus, went to Greece, played in Greece for a while, and um, came back and got kidnapped. Back. Came back to uh to Guadalajara. And got kidnapped. And got kidnapped. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Family member. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like I'm just wondering like what what has he really done since then? Like I don't know. Well, I guess a lot of Chivas fans would point out that he's won a championship. So. Yeah, that, that that is true. Yeah, but and then like and he scored uh, the winning goal. Oh, oh man. Golly, I'm just like shooting myself in the foot here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well we're gonna put that part to bed. So Chivas fans don't go uh calling us haters. Because we're not here to hate, we're here to love every single one of you Liga Mekis uh fans. We're not here to uh, you know, kind of cut cut uh cut anyone out. Um, but I think you make a fair point. He really hasn't surpre- surpassed his performance since that match. Um, and whatever he has put on a Mexican national team jersey, you haven't really seen the brightest uh, or the best of Pulido. Um, it should be interesting to see whether or not he goes out on the pitch by himself or we get to see a Henry Martin play up top with him. Um, I think, you know, in regards to starting 11 and lineups and tactics, I think we can definitely break that down in our following podcast on Tuesday since the match will be the day after on Wednesday. So maybe we'll talk lineups, prediction, and all that stuff after we see exactly, you know, uh, what's what, what you know, a week of training and all that stuff. Because, I mean, you know, a lot can happen. Don't forget, there's a Liga Mekis action going on in this, uh, actually right now already. So, I mean... They, there could be a lot of stuff that could happen, knock on wood, that there's no injuries. And, you know, everyone makes it fit, but, you know, you never know. Someone can get injured, someone gets called up, someone new, and kind of maybe flips everything on its head. Um, but I think for the most part, it's safe to say, me and you, we, we like the squad. We're excited about the game, and um, we're ready to see a couple of these youngsters kind of maybe step it up. Yeah, it's exciting, you know. There's some good players that I want to see play, too, in the green jersey and to play with others, too, that they don't always get to play with. Would be interesting to see. So uh, who are you most excited to see put on that Mexican national team jersey? Uh, it wouldn't really isn't just one person, but I'm kind of excited to see the MLSers. Yeah. yeah it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see how their training pays off and see what they can uh, bring to the pitch on the field. They're the three with the most experience in the Mexican national team jersey. So it would be interesting to see, you know, could they carry the team? I mean, this is the opportunity to show the showcase that they can. Yeah, I think so, too. I um, I think, in my opinion, maybe Jonathan and Vela probably stand out the most to me besides Giovanni. I don't think Giovanni will do as good as he, as he should and as we always expect. Well, hopefully Giovanni Santos proves us wrong come next week because he's definitely one of those players – that looked like they had everything to be the next biggest thing. Um, you know, for whatever reason, it, it didn't pan out that way. But the kids got talent, the get the kids got skill. And I think, you know, just use it. I mean, you know, prove prove to everyone that you are still the same amazing player that you were a couple years ago. I mean, I I'm pretty sure he has it in his locker. Maybe he just lacks a little bit of confidence. Yeah, I think so. You know, it was I was really just- I was kind of uh, a little disappointed, you know. Pot, we could probably say that about Jonathan and Vela too. You know, seeing him to go to Galaxy, and he might have not had the best uh, in Europe too. But you know, when he was playing with Villarreal, you know, he was having the time of his life, in my opinion. And so it's just, it just kind of sucks to see him go and decline like this. Yep, I completely agree. It should be interesting to uh, to really see these these players kind of go on and maybe uh, you know carry the team out. So, yeah, I mean, those are our initial reaction. There is, uh, you know, a whole bunch of stuff that will probably be coming out later on throughout the week. 
Uh, it should be interesting to see how these players adapt to one another and how well they can cope with such little time on their hands. Um, just quickly, is there anything that you you want to add on to to this you know reaction to the Mexican to this uh, Mexican national team call up? Um, no, no, I feel I think we covered everything. I don't feel like I need to add anything. Yep, I think so too. Um, we're not really going to go into exactly what we think the game plan is going to be, exactly what the starting 11 is going to be. We're going to leave that off to next week's podcast on Tuesday, uh, which will that will be at 5 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Central time. So if you guys are looking for our kind of thoughts and uh, maybe tactical, you know, what we think the the taxes might be for this Bosnia game. Make sure you guys check out that podcast. Uh, We're going to be talking, obviously we're going to be reviewing what happens tomorrow against the game against Atlas for America. And of course we'll go into previewing the details of what the game is going to be against Bosnia the following day. Um, so yeah, pretty much it. Uh, we want to thank you guys for coming out. Uh, I know this is a kind of an emergency podcast. Some of you guys maybe didn't expect us to be back so soon. I know we weren't, but the roster came out and we thought we owed it to you guys to maybe give our reaction and maybe, you know, ramble on a little bit about this player and that player. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, make sure you guys go follow us on Twitter. I've, leave, uh, I've left our handle on the description. And uh, make sure you guys follow our page at Eagle Eye Podcast. We're going to be definitely covering the uh, the Mexico lineup uh, and the Mexico game throughout the whole way against Bosnia. Um, pretty much anything else you want to add on to Dylan? Uh, to, you want to let the, the people know about? Just always thanks for the support, guys. You know, we appreciate everything um, that y'all do. And uh, expect more to come. You know, we'll always um, bring the best content that we can. Definitely, definitely. So. We're pretty excited about this matchup. I hope you guys are excited as well. We're going to cut it off pretty much here. It's a pretty short podcast in regards to what we do usually, um, but we just want to have our initial reactions, maybe talk a little bit about the squad and what, uh, you know, you know, like give kind of a raw, you know, interpretation of what we thought, uh, you know, this squad was going to be like. So I hope you guys, like I said, enjoyed it. Thank you for all the support, like Dylan said, and uh, we're going to leave it at that. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend, and we'll see each other next time at the Eagle Eye Podcast. And until next time, guys, take care.